T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Put him in the hole. Put him in the hole of fame. Parkinson Spiegel to the wreck. Count it in a foul. We're going to crank it up nonstop. Kobe, topside three. Bam! Oh, Kobe White. Put him in the hole. Put him in the hole of fame. Kobe White with four three balls. He's poured in 32 in his home state. Inside Booch, right corner Caruso, right side DeRozan to Kobe, near corner. And Io jump pass up top, Kobe, line to the lane. Kobe in traffic, up good. Kobe White with 34. Timeout, Hornets. You got Peter King in about 15 minutes. We have a new thing to ask Peter King about. Because Albert Breer in his mailbag that just posted said that he expects Justin Fields to be traded around the time of the NFL Combine. Uh, So maybe earlier than some people thought, Mm. because once the league year starts, quarterback spots will start to fill up. So he would think that the Bears would be able to get more on a trade if they did it sooner than later. And he does expect that to be the route that they would go. So before the end of the month or so is when he would think between now and the beginning of March is how Breer writes it. So we'll get into that uh, with Peter King. Uh, as we go. And of course, that's just an answer in a mailbag column. It's just guessing from Albert Breer, but it's uh, certainly informed in, guessing, very informed guessing. And the, exactly. the, the NFL calendar is worth considering on this stuff. So that that detail is key. Yeah. So um, the Bulls are a tough discussion topic right now because they're obviously going nowhere. Statistically, they're the exact same as last year. The play-in games are not the tournament. They are old. They don't have great cap position. They don't have great draft capital. And they don't have a guy who you feel like has a path to being a superstar. It's a rough spot. Yeah, the, the, the guys that they've paid to be superstars. I mean, DeMar is great, but he is obviously on the back end of the career and what he is is not the kind of superstar that makes everybody better. Um, Zach is supposed to be an active, thriving superstar right now, and that has not panned out as we know. I don't think Kobe White can be a superstar, but my goodness, that guy is getting better and better constantly, and we've always known the scoring potential is is off the charts. Last night was fun. It, it was fun, and I, I do think, like, and I just, you know, try to self-scout. I do like to think about this stuff from a big-picture lens, a general manager's perspective and all that. So if a team doesn't really have a path towards building towards something exciting, it's harder for me personally to hold interest. But it is still an entertainment product, 
And a lot of people do care about the Bulls, myself included. I am still a Bulls fan. I'm going, I can't, I, I hope that Owen and Eli become Bulls fans and that I can experience it with them like I experienced it with my dad. You know what I mean? It's so like I do genuinely care about it. Uh, and I'm watching that Bulls game last night and I'm like, you know what? This guy deserves love uh, amidst all of it. Amidst, it's a bad opponent in a bad season for a bad team. You know what I mean? All of those things. Like, I don't know if he can be an all-star. I don't know. I think he can be eventually. I think he could be if given the freedom and given the touches that he's getting now out of necessity. And obviously there are degrees of all-star. Zach Levine has been an all-star twice as a bull. And we know how people around here feel about Zach Levine. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? There are degrees of that thing. But, like, that game last night, 35 points, incomplete control, a variety of moves. He is a success story. He's going to get another contract with the Bulls. He's, he's going to be here a while. First of all, I got to say it's kind of sad. It's a little bit depressing to hear how – how many things are getting in the way for you and I think for a lot of others in terms of just watching a game of a local team and enjoying it. And it's understandable because there are so many stoppers. But as you were kind of going through the caveats and the other things, I'm like, man, that's that's too bad. But I, I get it. I, 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 un- I understand. Well, because it's also it's not like it's not like football. Where you get one a week and the game matters a lot and there's a bunch of randomness. Uh-huh. It, it's one of 82. It's and if, if you so like you know that this team, be, absolute best case scenario is they get into the play in series. And, I know. and get into the postseason but, and you know. But your life from week to week, from day to day, is not just about that, right? I know. Like our lives I are. Know. They, they can be about. You know, I really like basketball. And I'm going to watch our local team and see what they're doing. And, and sometimes sometimes you can get very, very rewarded with that. I find the entire experience of watching the Bulls much more rewarding in the absence of Zach Levine. That's, my, that, that's one of the things that increases it for me. But part of that yeah. is the opportunities that Kobe White has. I mean, he's getting to be a ball-in-the-hands, controlled scoring point guard like with with incredible amounts of freedom and now it's to the point where everybody on that roster knows that's probably our best option maybe crunch time or as the shot clock dwindles okay where's demar okay or maybe it's still all right vooch you cut i'm gonna hit you at the elbow and then you do something with it maybe you hit your little floater or whatever but really they're all looking around for kobe now as and and they should be they should be uh I understood the argument of the Bulls were a more enjoyable watch without Zach right when it happened, and they went on that run and they started winning some games, even though I personally didn't feel it because a small stretch of regular season success doesn't mean all that much. But that's that's waned, man. They're not consistently playing at a much higher level now than before. They're not. Vooch doesn't look good. You know what I mean? They they, they are not. But, but, but Danny, but Danny. Yeah. uh, Look, they're they're turning the ball over way too much. And that's why last last night was close. It's why they blew it um, the the other night at, at home with that, that terrible loss against Toronto. 
But the ball moves, man. Like it, there it was, does. and he, last night it was moving like crazy. Whether it's Caruso set up in the corner, or you know, Demar moves the ball. And I find the offensive style much, much more pleasurable and enjoyable to watch without Zach. But, that, but that's besides the point. I mean, he was doing that though when he came back the last he time, was. and almost to a fault where it was weird to watch him with how much he was deferring and taking eight shots in a game. Yeah. you know what I mean. It was weird. Well, there, there's a there's a broader topic here about how sometimes when you remove stars it allows for you to find out what you actually have yeah you know with, with some other guys and it's like when Luca and Kyrie were out in Dallas you know there were times especially Luca when Luca was out oh wow Jalen Brunson's really good Jalen no I mean Jalen Brunson isn't just second round pick backup point guard good he might even be better than that oh yep. and his work ethic is great let's look at this and then he signs the big deal in New York it's like wow that's a lot of money How's that looking now? Jalen Brunson is one of the great players in this league. And and, and just given the opportunity and how everything has progressed, I wonder how good Kobe White could be. I I, I don't know. but Because what we do know is the dude can score. I've said it over and over. The highest, the, the number one score in the history of North Carolina high school basketball. He has, he knows how to fill it up. And you watched last night, how many cool little mid range shakes, leaners, like buying space. Cause he's not a great leaper. He's not a high flyer. No, but he's a, he's a, he's so fast that now he understands how to change and vary his speed, stop, start and all that sort of thing that it keeps other guys guessing. I, like I have to play really defensive because yes. if he goes full speed, he'll blow right by me. Right. But then when he plays defensive, he can go up over. Him. Yes. Like, he, he's very impressive. And as the confidence has grown with the three point shot, now it's like, Oh dude's got the ball on a string. And sometimes he can have the game on a string well, like he did last night. Yep. But he pulls up from deep. You know what I mean? He's he's extending his range, which make, which makes him fun because then he's one of those. Like obviously, it's not Steph Curry or Trey Young, but like yeah. that type of guy. It's like oh, this guy's actually kind of changing the math out here because he'll pull up from twenty six. Totally, totally. So like, this, and I kind of love this about the NBA, and it's why you got to pay attention to certain stretches of certain teams, and then you can see it. Like we we were talking yesterday a little. Cleveland went fourteen and four without Mobley and Garland. Yeah, and people stepped up. Um, look who's probably going to be an all-star from Philly, you know, in the post James Harden run here, Ty- Tyrese Maxey has shown, Oh, okay. That is a lead guard and a perfectly palatable number two to Joel Embiid, you know, yeah, I mean, we'll see if they actually have playoff success, but no, I mean that, that you're right, man. Like that, that's what I wanted to just say. Cause even as I was doing the qualifiers, I was like, eh, it's not really what I wanted to do because it, it acknowledges it, but I'm just saying he deserves celebration and appreciation absolutely even if a lot of the stuff around him doesn't and he is 23 years old and he's a homegrown kid Mm -hmm. and he plays an exciting brand of offensive basketball he's bought into team defense he's gotten better as a distributor see the no look pass the other night against toronto seems like a good kid good personality like i could see Young kids wearing afros at the United Center wearing number zero jerseys. You know what I mean? I I could see him being the type of kid Mm -hmm. uh, and basketball player that young Bulls fans gravitate towards. Ben Stiller tweeted about him the other night. That's right. Again, when they were playing the Knicks, and Shane hopped right in there trying to get Ben Stiller. Did he get back to you ever? Shane? That Fokker didn't get back a hold and get get a hold of me. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) But yeah, man. I've got nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? (laughs) 
Kobe's a uh, hell of a... Some of the hardest I've ever laughed in a movie theater. My portfolio is strong to quite strong. It was one block of wood. <laughs> Your people might call it a chuppah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I leave the house for no particular reason at all, well, we're all out of Collins mix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the greatest. The, uh, that movie's absolutely Maybe perfect. I gotta watch that again. It's been oh, a long time. I watched, I watched a couple weeks ago. It holds up, brother. It, it holds it, up, brother. Oh, it's so good. It's a lot better than Goodfellas, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, this God. Guy, this guy over here. How's kicking and screaming doing? <laughs> Peter King. We will talk some journalism with Peter King. We will talk some Bears and Justin Fields trades with Peter King. He joins us next on The Score. I am the original talk show windbag. Peter King in Lake Forest, Illinois with the Bears. I'm Peter King. Hall of Fame writer. The must-read column every single week, Peter King. The great Peter King. Peter King is back. 40 years covering the NFL. 40 years. Host of the Peter King Podcast. Peter already called for him to be, you know. Who did Peter King? No, Peter. The group that is the people against the ethical treatment of animals. Football morning in America. Not all of us are called King. Not all of us get to walk around with the moniker of King. NBC Sports. After having a long conversation with the NFL's vice president of international stuff. Peter King. I want my general manager to not give a crap what Kenny from Kankakee wants. Somewhere in Kankakee. There's a Kenny. who just jumped up off what the happened? couch. What did I do? What did I do? Peter. What's with the side Peter. swipe? Peter. It's normally, Peter. A, it's normally a bop. This is unbelievable. Kankakee. I'm kid from the Grand Park, Illinois, that's just trying to be the best he could possibly be every day. Oh, there he is. We love you, King. Peter King with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. He'll be here soon. Mm. I just love that intro. It's so ridiculous and over the top, but hilarious. Mm-hmm. And the drama, we love you, King, which is about a horse race, uh, a racehorse. And then he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That happens. It's, it's, uh, I know, it just it makes it's life as we know it. I'm very busy anyway. I'm over here reading Bill Barnwell's piece about Dude. Caleb Williams and or Justin Fields, really about the Bears' decision. And it is exhaustive. Goes through every aspect of the thing. In detail with some, you know, some some options and some imaginatory, uh, you know, trade situations and such. I had trouble sticking the landing on that sentence. You did. Let's go with imaginative. Yeah, yeah, you did. That's I think a, imaginatory. You haven't gotten to the end yet, have you? No, I'm, not, I'm still All going. Because right, well, he does reach a conclusion, but I don't want to spoil it for you. It Honestly, he puts so much work into it, I legitimately feel like it's a spoiler. So I'm not going to tell oh, you. Oh, I thought you meant I hadn't gotten to the end of the sentence. Is there a second half to this story, or was that <laughs> a dramatic <laughs> finish? Yeah, end of the article. I did end the article. I didn't end my sentence You finished yet. the article. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because he, he tries to quantify... The draft picks that they would get, they would get back. Yeah, and the production that Fields would have going forward, based on a hypothetical contract extension mm-hmm. that they would give him. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, it, it was really interesting to me. Like he was, he, he was basically using like Daniel Jones's contract for a Fields extension, and then he was he was using Jared Goff for expected production of a number one pick. Which I thought was interesting because, like, I fucking like if the Bears drafted Caleb Williams and he ended up being Jared Goff, it would be a huge disappointment. And he writes, he's like, you would, of course, the Bears, of course, are hoping that it would be a Josh Allen, 
Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow level of production, but there's no guarantee for that. So because he's like, so he's trying to like average out mm-hmm. number one pick quarterbacks for production. It, it, it was a really interesting exercise. And so, and then his conclusion was that it probably is actually more value saved to sign Fields and trade the pick, which I thought was interesting. Because and he said he's like, I went into it assuming that it would be to draft Caleb and not. But then there was like a whole paragraph of qualifiers of, mm-hmm. but you could quibble with any of the assumptions that are made here about what they would get back in a trade, what fields would be going forward, and what you think they're going to actually get out of that quarterback. Well, and I it cert- shifted. It was really interesting. I certainly appreciate the spirit of open-ended curiosity that goes into something like that. Yeah, and then and we'll do. We can do some of the specifics on it later. But like he was like, what would a trade look like if they traded to? Two with Washington. What would it look like if they traded to three? Yeah. What would it look like if they traded all the way to Atlanta's pick or the Raiders pick? It was. It was. It was. What good. players might you get back? Draft picks, etc. You'll get as a texture request a nice solid book report from us um, a little bit later on in the show as as we talk about that and and we'll learn we'll learn a lot of uh, a lot more um, as we continue to scout Caleb Williams positive and negative. Learn everything we can between now and the draft. But. Right now on the line, Odyssey NFL insider Peter King. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. Hello, Peter. What's up, fellas? How are you? We are doing very well. Thank you. Um, wanted to know if you agreed with a colleague of yours in the uh, the news-breaking business and covering the NFL. Albert Breer in his mailbag uh, posted within the last hour uh, that he would – expect if the bears are going to trade Justin Fields and he does expect that to happen, that it would happen by early March. Uh, Basically says once the league year starts, quarterback spots fill up, Kirk cousins will decide Baker Mayfield scores of others will too. So if the bears drag their feet on this, they could miss the market at the position. That's why I'd bet fields would be moved around the time of the scouting combine. If I were a betting man, do you agree with the timeline that if Ryan polls is going to move Justin Fields, it'll happen in the next month or so. Well, that's a really good question. Remember that nothing can be official until the start of the league year in March. You can obviously agree to do something before then. But I would think that once the Bears make their decision on what to do, you know, with Justin Fields, and obviously it's going to have something to do with what they think of the quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, I think they won't hesitate. I mean, you saw last year uh, where Ryan Poles basically pulled the trigger. I'm trying to remember now. I talked to him at the scouting combine on a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, Saturday, I don't know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon maybe, mm-hmm. noon, something like that. And, you know, I think about a week later is when the trade happened. Yep, March 10th, March 10th of last year. Yeah, yeah. So it happened, you know, almost a week after I had that sort of long conversation and he detailed what their thoughts were on this. And look, Ryan Poles now, you know, like he, he, he trained under, you know, in the New England system. He trained under... Uh, Belichick and Pioli, uh, mostly Pioli, I think, and then went to Kansas City with Pioli. And 
he's very well versed in timing of things and what makes sense and when is the smartest time to do something like this. And I'll just say one other point about this. So every year, people say, oh, my God, great year for quarterbacks. Not every year, but many years. People say great year for quarterbacks. But, you know, the Bears are in a unique position. Because anytime you have the first pick in the draft, and it looks like you should have interest in taking a quarterback, well, you know, all the interest is around the Bears. And I think this year, the interest is around them for a different reason. And that is, you could make a good case, I think you could make a better case to keep Justin Fields and then to absolutely stock up the roster either with a generational wide receiver or maybe three first-round picks that could uh, add a generational player or two to your team. Man, everybody around here is trying to read tea leaves on coaches getting hired, on uh, on things that Poles and Eberflus said at the press conference, trying to figure it out. Is the consensus out there I mean, of the people that you talk to, that it's still possible they make that field's decision to keep? Uh, You know, I have to be honest with you. I've not talked to Ryan Poles, and that is the only person I would trust to basically make me lean either way on this. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Personally, I don't see how you don't consider keeping this player. And there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, this will be the greatest draft choice as a trade piece in the next few years, I believe. And look, maybe it turns out that Arch Manning is some great, great player and all that stuff, but rarely are there two or maybe even three quarterbacks depending on what you think of the LSU guy, but rarely are there two or three quarterbacks that you could argue uh, deserve very much to be taken in the top two picks. And so therefore look at all the teams out there, Washington, you've got to think they're going to take one new England. Absolutely. How could they not take one? And then, you know, you look at all these other teams, Atlanta is picking eighth, you know, Seattle is picking up there. And so not that high, but there's probably six or seven teams, including teams with bold general managers, bold Seattle, you know, John Schneider, if he wants one of these guys, he's going to find a way to sell heaven and earth to move up. So that's why, I mean, it's easy to sit here and say, well, they've got to take Caleb Williams or Drake may whatever they've got to take this guy who could be a generational player. And I understand why people want to do it, but you just have to remember one thing. If you're wrong, you have messed up your chance to rebuild this franchise. And, you know, I don't think necessarily they'd be wrong to pick one of those guys, but I personally would much rather strengthen my roster and keep going with Justin Fields, who I bet if you took a, let me ask you guys this question. If you take a secret ballot of the 53 active players on that team, in that organization, what percentage of the players 
would say keep Justin Fields? I don't know, 90%? I think it, I was going to say I bet it would be 75 to 80. But the vast majority of the guys on that team, I would think, want to keep Justin Fields. So, and again, you shouldn't let your team be ruled by guys who might be gone in 10 minutes. I understand that. Right. But he's a popular player in that locker room, and I think that has to count for something. We're talking to Peter King on the Parkins and Spiegel show and um, Odyssey Insider Calls, of course, are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. Old Spice Gentlemen's Blend Body Wash providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization. Um, dramatic right turn here, but I was mad at myself for not asking you about Sports Illustrated last week. And we have an unprecedented journalism situation happening in Chicago at this very moment. I'm not sure if you are following what the Chicago Tribune is doing today. They are in the midst, Peter, of a 24-hour strike. First uh, strike in the history of this city, obviously a robust two-newspaper town against Alden Global Capital. The Tribune News Guild has been without a contract dating back to 2018. So the Chicago Tribune unionized newsroom is on strike for 24 hours. Uh, I guess you could tie it into the Sports Illustrated news, obviously, but curious what your thoughts are on the state of newspapers and the Chicago Tribune. My thoughts are, if we talk about it long enough, long enough, I'll start weeping. Hmm. Um, You know, look, the state of newspapers, magazines, any printed product, and look, I'm I'm not saying that it used to be great and now it stinks. It is what it is. There's no sense in whining about it, crying about it. The only thing that really gets me unhappy about this is that there are some things in life that you just need. And people can complain about the media. They can whine about the media. They can do whatever. But the fact is that the media is a watchdog. And if you look at stories over the years and you look at, for instance, the Pete Rose reporting by Jill Lieber and others in Sports Illustrated, um, the reporting we did uh, that I was a part of on the Saints and the bounty culture um, that ended up being a tremendous bombshell in the NFL and ended up the coach getting suspended for a year. And look, I'm not saying those, you know, I'm not back padding. I'm not doing anything. All I'm saying is that right now that there are many journalism entities that cannot do the proper job because everybody's getting laid off or everybody's getting fired. It's very hard right now to be a journalism student in this country and think, Oh, I'm going to get going to get a good job and I'm going to write or I'm going to report somehow for the next 40 years. That's what I thought when I got out of college at Ohio University in 1979. I thought, hey, my future is set and I'm probably in the final generation of people who were able to have a future in this business because now all my friends who were 20 years younger are all getting laid off. But I I would only say I would only say this, that. Alden Capital has a history of ruining newspapers, period. And it's going to happen again. And they're going to take as much money out of this place as they can. 
without caring. They'll say that they care about journalism. Just look at their history of how many newspapers they have ruined and how many cities are bereft of news coverage right now because of Alden Capital. It's, it's I mean, whoever runs Alden Capital ought to be ashamed of him or herself. Yeah, that is that is well said. That's passionate stuff from Peter King. I, You know, as you were talking about news entities that uncovered stuff, I find myself thinking about all the daily Northwestern kids that of course. Uh, uncovered yeah. things or all the Penn State journalists who, who who did the work. And it's like increasingly this this task of watchdog seems to fall to the young, the idealistic, and the hopeful. And maybe that's always how it was, but now they might be working for free as they're doing it. And do we as society take that for granted, those ideals and that energy? From journalists let's let's just let's divert the conversation for one minute to the nfl okay so you know nfl network nfl media nfl.com is i'm not saying it's robust i do think they're in some financial trouble but the a large number a large number of people who used to work for both broadcast and journalism entities now have their paychecks signed by Roger Goodell. Do you think that's good for news coverage? I don't. And, you know, do you think it would be good if the NFL buys ESPN? (laughs) What happens to Seth Wickersham and Don Van Natta and some of the great stories, investigative stories they've done that really ticked off, you know, franchise corner or cornerstone franchises? like the New England Patriots, like the Washington Commanders. So I, I'm just I'm I'm just firing a little bit of a warning shot. Okay. When the company owns the media, all of a sudden it's not free media. It is media that has the paycheck signed by uh by the boss and they're not going to be the same kind of people covering the sports are covering the sport as we're, we're used to. It's been a pleasure to read you and talk to you and uh, we'll be doing it again for the Super Bowl and hopefully for a lot longer than that, Peter, you're the goods. Thank you, sir. Hey, thanks a lot, fellas. Really appreciate you bringing attention to that. Yeah, no, I mean the whole, the whole city cares about it. I mean, at least they should, I don't, I guess I shouldn't speak for the whole city, but uh, the, the tribune is an institution in this town. So we're definitely following the story. Thank you, Peter. Take care, guys. That was Odyssey NFL insider Peter King. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. We have Dave Wanstead in 20 minutes. I'm sure tons of our listeners can relate to this sensation that's, you know, coursing through me as as we're having the conversation, which is that, all right, so who's going to really dig into this stuff? The kids who are working for free and are full of ideals, or maybe the people that are working for the big company that is related to the man, they're probably not going to do that. That's why independent but moneyed institutions like the Tribune matter. Yeah. Because otherwise you end up with a lot of, you know, well-intentioned journalists who don't have the resources it takes to actually dig in to the stories. Yeah, it's it's a tough spot. And obviously we've got a ton of thoughts on it. We can get into a little bit of it. Brad Biggs was was passionate about it today. We'll do some of that and talk a little bit more bears before Dave wants that. It's uh you know those billionaire that billionaire class I was talking about yesterday? It might be the only hope.
You know what I mean? Be- Bezos owns the Washington Post. Well, and here's the thing. They've tried. I know. Bezos, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. They're losing money like crazy. I was reading He's an article about lose. that. There's several different billionaires who've bought news entities and have tried to do it. The one in L.A. just got pissed off at an editor, and the editor quit because he was trying to control something. No, but- you, you need a billionaire who's willing to lose money. Hey, keep yeah. an eye out for Mark Cuban. Pick up something like Sports Illustrated and turn it into something like The Athletic. Maybe. Maybe. I mean... Also, keep an eye out for him to give me a lot of money. That'd be great. For, <laughs> for a side project. Hey, man, but, he's trying to fix the prescription drug universe. That's the thing. Right. He, that is, that, he's chosen his fight in that way. Yeah. But he can, he's got enough money to choose more fights. But that's a, that's a hell of a fight that he's chosen. I agree. You know, that's, that's, that's a great one. So uh, we will talk to Dave Wanstead in 20 minutes. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. A source told the Parkinson Spiegel Show on 670 the score. I know those guys. Afternoons on the score. You know, in sports, we kind of deal with the fun stuff, and uh, but it's important stuff, right? Because people are invested in it. We spend a lot of time talking about it, and people consume their time as sports fans. But you know, in other sections, you talk about the news side. You're talking about journalists that um, or government accountability, things of that nature, serious stuff. And Alden's gutted some of the news, the the staffs. And when you talk about staff productions and people leaving and simply not being replaced. And, and so fortunately, we're joined by journalists at other Alden newspapers uh, around the country. I know that the vast majority of us will not notice it. It will not, for a day, we'll just go on living our life. But... This is the first time this has ever happened in the history of Chicago. It's a historic journalism moment in this city's storied journalism history. There's never been a newsroom walkout from one of the two main newspapers Mm -hmm. in this town. It's never happened before. And right now, all union members of the Chicago Tribune news staff are not working because they're on strike. That is wild. It man. is. That uh, is a crazy thing. It it's 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 a it's a it's a panicked but well thought out effort. It's a desperation effort. It's probably a better way to say it. Yeah, I don't know about panic. Yeah, maybe not they're, pre- panic. they're pretty well organized. Desperation effort. Yeah. To draw attention, to make the point, and to 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 hopefully make Alden realize what there is in terms of the value below them and what they do not get if they continue to push people out. I mean, just last week, 20% of the Los Angeles Times newsroom was cut. The largest staff cuts in that newspaper's 143-year history. I mean, it's happening all over the place, and it's a it's a terrifying endeavor. And you've got, you know, people that are working, journalists that are working, are living paycheck to paycheck while Alden just sucks as much money out of the product as they can. It's pretty gross, really. Yeah, listen, I know that there's a lot of people that live paycheck to paycheck. Um, And it's hard, and inflation has hit damn near all of us. Um, You know, they're saying that they have not gotten a pay increase in, what, five years? Mm. And Chicago has increased... Uh, cost of living by 20% since 2020. And this is not supposed to be an hourly rate 
minimum wage, no higher degree of education, no specialization required job. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you work for the Chicago Tribune in the third largest city in the country with our history of political corruption and crime and global significance, uh, you know what I mean? Like, you'd like to think yeah. that this is not like the entry level journalism profession. You know what I mean? Th- yes. th- this is supposed to be the six-figure, heavy-hitter, well-sourced, well-connected, mm-hmm. big-boy, big-girl journalists that can ask tough questions of power brokers and expose corruption through sourced reporting. And it has been, but in order to get that caliber of journalist, you got to pay them. Let's be honest about, about something. I agree with all of that. But let, let's be honest about something just on our own little sports landscape here, okay? With yeah. you, the listeners. We have fun. We make the theme song for Dan Weederer, who does a great job. We make the theme song a play on the Brad Biggs theme song. We joke about how... Both of us are blocked on Twitter and X or what have you. It's true. It is true, but we do joke (laughs) about it. Yes. But just in terms of the sports universe, the work that that guy does, the, the, the work, the sourcing, the decades of homework that have coalesced to allow him to be able to do what he does. Yes. And the connections that, and, and the thought process that goes in everybody in Chicago sports media reads 10 thoughts and everybody. Yes. Reads his 10 thoughts on a Monday after a Bears game. And he is, I mean, it's a remarkable standard that that man sets. And if he's out there saying this for everybody and standing as a pillar, um, uh, you know, for every journalist at the Tribune to, to feel the power of, I mean, let that have an impact for you. Because it's a very valuable resource that he provides on just our silly little Bears beat. Well, and, and th- I mean... All right, we can keep we can keep it to sports, and I understand why you're going in that direction. Uh, like I, I took it to the more macro issue of sure. people talking about you know journalism being the enemy of the people, and that's because like it's a little unsettling as someone who does believe in you know the fourth estate and journalism as a watchdog. It's like a little unsettling that the Chicago Tribune newsroom is empty right now. Like I don't like that <laughs> feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's I, nobody in there, huh? That's not a comfortable feeling. I haven't seen any pictures or video or anything. They're not working. Yeah, there's nobody there to do it. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, it's a, that, that's, that is not a great thing. But, yeah, if you want to just keep it to sports, who's the reporter on NBC Sports Chicago for the Bulls? Casey Johnson, Tribune alum. Who's our morning host? David Hoff, Tribune alum. Obviously, Mully, long time. Mully worked there as well. Yeah, newspaper, long time newspaper guy. Both, both places, yep. right, for Mully. Sometimes but, for, for Mully. Yeah, I thought at Tribune briefly, didn't he? I, th- I think I want to say that he did. But mo- I associated him more with sometimes he might have done both. As but, do I. But but my point is, Casey left Trib for NBC Sports Chicago. Hall leaves Tribune for six seventy. The score. It the business model ain't great. I understand that. They didn't adapt. They've done some of their own issues, but it does matter. Like having real now, they're still doing their work covering sports in town, mm-hmm. which is great. But where does the crime reporter go? Where does like the person who covers City Hall for the Chicago Tribune go if they can't make a living doing it at the Chicago Tribune? There isn't this, you know what I mean? It's yeah, you could say WBBM. There aren't that many places. Mm-hmm. 
We, you need you need it you, for the real stuff. Like it, Brad Biggs, if he left the Tribune, he could get a job covering the Chicago Bears because it's a profitable beat in town, and we'd be able to read his ten thoughts for some website. I love but, this. The texter says this happens in every industry. You are embarrassing yourselves. But but not every industry matters to the public good right. in, in this way. Also, we work in the industry that we're talking about, and there's a massive strike that is drawing attention to the issue, and this is why we're discussing it, and we're not embarrassing ourselves. You have embarrassed yourself with the text. I don't think either person on this one probably feels terribly embarrassed. Uh, what do we got here, Tanny? I'm sorry. There's another fun thing that happened. Uh, well, that wasn't fun when we talked about it, but sorry for caring. <laughs> Get over yourselves, guys, for caring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there was a, a little nugget here that I enjoyed. Oh, yeah, from particularly. Brad Biggs' appearance. Yeah, yes. and uh, yes. David asked uh, Brad Biggs about Ben Johnson. Really That's wanted right. your opinion on what happened in Detroit, Brad. Ben Johnson decided to stay with the Lions as the offensive coordinator. I'm not pretending to, to know his motivation here, but he's a young guy, right? He's still in his 30s. He wants that perfect opportunity when he becomes a head coach they all do right they every single one of them wants that perfect opportunity well i i don't know if that unicorn is out there like a lot of people wanted a pony uh for christmas when they were six i don't know how many of them got it so i mean i don't know how many of them got it either brad i don't either they they should have all those parents should have bucked up and and gotten their six-year-old a pony what could go wrong if that unicorn is out there, like a lot of people wanted a pony uh, for Christmas when they were six. Uh, I don't know how many of them got it. I didn't want a pony. And that is the Justin Fields side of the argument in this analogy. Is that what he's saying? Right? I think, yeah, I think so. Okay. Or it might have been Ben Johnson related. I don't ben know. Ben Johnson related. All I can do is I think was, about the pony now. I missed it this morning. Hand up. Hand up. I don't, I Danny thinks should. Justin Fields is a three legged mule. <laughs> no, I do not. Not a pony. Not one of those magical ponies. Caleb is a thoroughbred. Why do we want this guy? He can't run anymore. He's just going to get hurt. He's got three legs. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> morning, boys. What's going on? Uh, morning, see? boys. Morning, boys. What's going on? He's not caught. He's not striking from here. That's okay. That's what was going to happen. You want you ready for AI journalists? They're all going to sound like Cyber Brad. You don't want that. <laughs> no, we do not. I do want to talk to Dave Wanstead. Morning, boys. What's going on? Because he makes all of our day better. <laughs> Wani with a cocktail in Florida next on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.